Virtual training can cause very real issues for your gym. Are you protected legally? Today, I've got a gym owning lawyer who can tell you how to reduce risk and avoid problems with online coaching. This is Run a Profitable Gym, and I'm Mike Warkington. I'd really appreciate it if you would hit subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. With my thanks. Now, my guest, Matthew Becker, owner of gymlawyers.com, and he's also the owner of Industrial Athletics in Pittsburgh. He's the nexus of gym owners and lawyers. He's going to help you out today. Now, you might be sending out workout programs created by ChatGPT, maybe, but you can't blame AI when problems arrive. And that kind of sucks, right? So like the machines gave you rhabdo, not me, isn't going to hold up in court. Sorry. Matt, virtual training became a bigger deal in COVID, but it was around before that and it's around after that. So what are people thinking about when they're talking about or they're using online coaching? Hey, good morning, Mike. Thanks for always having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk. To yeah, you. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, uh, you know, COVID. We all, all of us gym owners went, oh, how do we do this online? Right? And, and we started these online businesses. And, and if you're like me, you, you've let your online business die now because you're putting all your time and effort back into your, your brick and mortar facility. But it's still out there. I still get emails like three times a week from companies advertising how to build my virtual coaching practice. Uh, so it's still there. So how do we? How does a, a brick and mortar gym owner secure themselves against uh, ultimately liability, whether that comes from contract disputes or more likely injury disputes when we're dealing with online clients? So we're going to walk through three different sort of steps that you need to take in order to really secure yourself. Um, but let's go. Let's go. There's there's two different sort of online training platforms that, that we're going to cover. And, and really, both of these are going to be covered here under uh, the steps that we're going to take. But you know, we could either be sending like a six-week program uh, to the individual to do, you know, the individual wants to add 10 pounds to their back squat. And we write up a six-week program and we send it out to them. We say, follow the program, pay me 200 bucks, whatever it is. And then when you're done, come back and I'll give you another program. Okay, so that's one. Uh, the other scenario would be um, you actually have an online personal training client that you use, let's say Zoom, and mm -hmm. you, you get online with them you know, one, two, three times a week, and you essentially watch them work out through Zoom while you provide them instruction and the programming and everything else. So programming and uh, coaching, it, essentially. Yeah, yep. I don't know. There, I don't think there's a third. Am I missing one? You know, is, would there be another scenario? I guess there would be a hybrid, a hybrid version of that yeah. where you have like, you know, you, you definitely send out the workouts, but then they send you videos for review after the fact or something like that. There could be like a hybrid model, I suppose, that some people do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you, if you have the hybrid model, you're still covered under this episode. All right. Yep. Okay. So what are the three steps we have to look at? Uh, step number one is your insurance. Step number two is your liability waiver. Step number three is your membership contract. Okay. Step number one, pull out your insurance policy, thumb through all of that, and look for something that is called a designated facility exception. Right? It might be uh, under a couple of different names, but that's going to be the most common. Or better yet, if you don't feel like thumbing through that thing, call your insurance provider. You know, go over to Agard or, or um, you know the RRG or whoever you use, um, and ask them if your policy includes the designated facility exception. So here's what this is. Years ago, when I opened up my gym, I was shopping around for insurance policies to cover me. 
And I like called like the, the local nationwide guy or whatever. And I got a quote and everything else. And it all sounded really good. And then somebody said, well, you really should check out affiliate guard. And I'm, I'm not name dropping it. They're there. They're, you know, they, they specialize in this stuff, but somebody said, you know, go check out affiliate guard. So I called up the owner Von Vernon and talked to him about it. And one of the first things he pointed out was your nationwide insurance policy coverage, your local coverage is not going to have the designated facilities exception. What that means. So you can't, you might not be able to, it would limit your business model in some ways, at least, uh, you know, limiting your risk when pursuing additional business models. Yes. And so what this Mm -hmm. means is basically, if I go with one of those smaller policies from, you know, state farm or nationwide or some other of their local guy, um, then I will be covered as long as I am exercising on my gym floor within the four walls of my gym. Okay. And I make two distinctions there. One is on the gym floor. The other is within the four walls of my gym. Okay. Okay. I see where you're going with this. Because my policy doesn't have a designated facilities exception. So what we want is that exception be put in our policy because we're going to send people up ropes. We're going to send people onto rings. We're going to send people onto pull-up bars, which means they're now off the floor. Okay. I wouldn't, I had a different exception in mind, but that I did not realize that. So that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. What did you have in mind? Just curious. Well, I was thinking about stuff where someone like maybe trains someone, you know, does a PT session overflow in the parking lot or sends clients around the block for a warm up run or something like that. Yeah. You're getting ahead of me, Mike. (laughs) Okay. So I was sorry about that, but that's, it's crazy. Like, and you think about that, like, you know, acrobatic type stuff. So gymnastics facilities and even some of the, uh, you know, where they're climbing on ribbons and so forth. Some of that stuff is kind of cool. Yeah, aerial that stuff. would have the same thing. Yeah. Aerial stuff. Cause you're not on the floor anymore. Right. Right. So you have to, the Cirque du Soleil is at risk. That's right. Uh, or the ninja, you know, that, that's another yeah, thing. Right ooh, now is, there's is one. Yeah. Ninja and the cheer industry and, and, and the gymnastics industry. They love to subcontract with ninja instructors. Um, okay. So, you know, you have to make sure that your policy allows you to go off the floor. And the second thing, which you jumped ahead on, Michael, is Mm. once we go outside. So another thing that we commonly like to do is, right, like, okay, guys, warm up time, run around the block, right? Or today it's super sunny out. So we're all going to meet out in the park and we're going to do an outdoor class because it's cool and it's fun. Helps it gym owner get maybe a little bit of extra attention for free um and it's something fun that we can do or you know we're going to take a weekend and saturday morning we're all going to go out to the track the local high school track and we're going to do a running workout the high school track because go it's kind of fun and it's exciting it's different if your insurance policy does not have the designated facilities exception you are now exposed because if you take your members outside of your four walls and somebody gets injured, you're not going to be covered under your insurance policy. That's going to be an exception. And your insurance is really quickly going to bring the hammer down to say, you went outside your four walls. We don't have to cover you. Wow. And outside of your four walls includes going online. Okay. So that's step number one. Make sure that you have an insurance policy that's going to cover you online. All right. Step number two, you need a liability waiver. Okay. Even though uh, we're online, uh, 
doesn't matter. You're still telling somebody what to do. So we did a, we did a, a couple of blog articles um, on this. If you want to head over to gymlawyers.com and check out the blog of defining liability and whether or not your programming is a liability, right? And the answer to that is yes. Liability is essentially your exposure to a lawsuit. It's a very basic form. That is what liability, do you risk getting sued? Anytime you tell somebody what to do, you open up the potential that they're going to get injured. And so, yeah, you increase your, your ability or your chances of being sued. What's programming? It's me telling you, Mike, what to do in order to get a good workout. Okay. That's the bottom. 2159 of squats and handstand pushups or whatever. Exactly right. Yep. I might do that today. It's not a bad workout. Yeah. Squats, air squats or weighted squats? I don't know. Depends on what you want. I, I, you know, I might say like, you're a pretty fit guy. I say throw on 185 there, make your legs burn and flip upside down and work the upper body. Give it a shot. I don't know. Listeners post your time to comments. I have you there, Michael. Now, have I just put myself at risk by giving you that workout? Not for me. We're online. This is entrapment now. Now you're entrapping me. That's true. Can I, can I see you for Rabdale? I'll get back to you on no. that one. But okay, do do yeah. do like three three three. That's your rep scheme now. <laughs> I'm gonna limit my risk. But you see how this spirals really quickly, right? Like yes, I give instructions, does. they're done elsewhere and so forth. And like you can't monitor that person like to see how they're actually performing this workout if you're doing it with programming. So like the risks do add up. We're joking about it, but it is a thing it to is. consider. It really is. You know, and and especially if if I came to you and I said, Mike, I want to get better at my handstand push-ups, and then you said Okay, cool. Go do 2159 of 185 pound back squats and handstand pushups. Ready? Three, two, one, go. And then I drop myself in my head and hurt myself. Okay, there's a chance I'm going to turn around and see you because you told me to do it. Right? Right. So you're exposed. You have liability. And if that's going to happen, which it does, you better have a liability waiver. But this liability waiver needs to be different than the liability waiver you use for your brick and mortar gym. Because that brick and mortar gym liability waiver should speak specifically to the services that you're offering in your gym. You're gonna have other various language in there uh, that is going to apply to you being specifically at your gym. Okay, things like, you know, we like to layer things into our liability waiver forms like physical contact. Okay. Uh, you know, people are a bit itchy about touching these days. So you need to have a physical contact portion to your liability waiver that acknowledges that the member is going to be touched by either by in a professional manner, by your trainer or potentially by somebody else in your gym. Right. And if they're uncomfortable with that, they got to let you know. All right. Anyway, went down, sorry, went, went off on an angle there, but mm. that's not going to be in your online waiver. Okay, so it needs to be separate. You also need a digital video portion to your waiver. Okay, um, so this is similar to your brick and mortar. If you have cameras in your gym, you should have a CCTV portion to your waiver that puts people on notice that they're on camera and they're waiving any privacy rights and everything else. This is different to a likeness waiver, which allows me to use your image for my advertising purposes. The digital video portion to your waiver tells the member that they're going to be on video. This is especially true if you're sending me videos of you working out or 
if we are doing personal training like over Zoom and I'm watching you, okay? Uh, because now there's a level of privacy here that we're breaching, not in a malicious way or an intentional, but we're breaching it, okay? And you need to be acknowledging that. And there may be times you know, that somebody hits record on something um, and uh, you know, now we're watching all of that video, right? And I'm recording all that video. And now I may go back and rewatch that video. I may watch it again in order to look at your form. I may show it to one of my other coaches in order to show a demonstration of form, okay? And you as the client have a right to all of this unless you've waived so in your liability waiver. Something a lot of people wouldn't have thought of and certainly would never have thought of 25, 20 years ago, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe even less than that. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Um, so uh, that's step number two. Make sure you get that liability waiver. The proper liability waiver for online training needs to be separate from your other general gyms liability waiver. Okay. okay. Number three is a membership contract. Okay. So. We've talked, I think you and I have talked, I've talked with, uh, again, uh, about membership contracts. And yes, we have, because we've talked about state requirements that need to be put in your membership contracts. Remember that conversation. It's a little bit different. We will put a link in the show notes to that as well. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit different though, um, because, because we're online, we really no longer need those state requirements to be in there, okay? And, and we're getting real you know, into the weeds here on um, the law and the laws that applies across states and what's required and things like that when we are servicing clients that are no longer in our state, right? So if Pennsylvania requires me to put certain things in my membership contract for my brick and mortar clients, do I or do I not need those if I'm doing online training with somebody in West Virginia, okay? Generally speaking, we don't need the, the various like cancellation notices and everything else, okay? You might look at the state that you're, you're working with in that client to see if they have any requirements and just put a few of those in the membership contract just in case to, to protect yourself. But there's two big portions that we must have in our membership contracts now when we're working online. First is the Electronic Funds Transfer Act Disclosure, okay? The EFTs. Um, and this is more commonly known to everybody else as ACH transactions, debit card transactions, and credit card transactions, okay? But it's a federal law uh, that says, especially when we're talking ACH transactions, you have to have disclosures about that in your membership contract. And those disclosures, need to give you permission if you're doing things like automatically recurring payments online, okay? Um, so we got to have that section. The other section that we better have is the governing law and jurisdiction section to my membership contract, okay? So go pull out, if you're a CrossFit gym, go pull out your CrossFit affiliate agreement. If you have a cell phone, go pull out your cell phone agreement. Yeah, all of these things, all these contracts that you're signing on pretty much a daily basis all have a governing law and jurisdiction section. And if you look, they're all suited to the location of the business you're entering the contract with. Okay. So that's so, like, this is where we fight and these are the rules we're fighting by? That's exactly right. 
Okay. Exactly right. So if I go to sue CrossFit now on my affiliate agreement, my affiliate agreement requires me to go to Colorado. Not now used to be California um, in order to sue them. Okay. Which is going to be a real big burden to me coming from Pennsylvania to have to go over there to sue them. So I'm really going to think twice about whether or not um, I have you know, big enough skin in the game to go to Colorado to sue somebody. Okay. Same thing if we're doing online training. Okay. If I'm training somebody in West Virginia and they get injured and they want to bring a lawsuit against me, I don't want them. I'm the person offering the service. I'm the one getting sued. I don't want them to sue me in West Virginia because I don't want to go down to West Virginia to have to, to, to defend this thing. That means I have to spend more time and money going down there to defend it. The only way to prevent or to force them now to come up to Pennsylvania, and I say force loosely because we can't ever talk about anything that definitively in the law, but to force them to come to Pennsylvania is for me to have a written agreement under which they've now agreed that any lawsuits have to be um, brought in my state, Pennsylvania, and that my state, Pennsylvania law, is going to apply. Okay. So you got to have that in the membership contract. Otherwise, if you've got a really big online business and you're servicing clients all across the United States, you're exposed to every one of those individual jurisdictions. And when crap hits the fan, uh, you, know, you, you don't want to have to fly across the United States to defend yourself, especially when it's like a $300 contract. Yeah. And now, like I've said this in previous shows, listeners, when you look, listen to this stuff, it becomes this like large list of tedious stuff that you don't probably want to deal with. And I understand that you're a gym owner. You want to teach squats. You want to run your business and so forth. A lot of these like sub clauses for this agreement and this, like all this other stuff, not super fun until you need it. In which case you wish you had it. If you don't have it, how can you do it? You can contact a guy like Matt. So Matt, talk to me about just like what a gym owner who's listening to this wants to take action. What do they do and how do they deal with you? Yeah, Sure. The easiest way is just to go to my website, uh, gymlawyers.com, and we've got calls to action all over the website. You can submit for a free consultation. We'll reach out to you and set up a phone call. There's no cost just to talk about this stuff. Um, also, you, you go to the website, there's the blog. It's got all kinds of information there. Um, and there's the contact page. My cell phone number's on the contact page. If you want to call me or text me, you don't want to go through the online form you know, that's perfectly fine too, but I don't hide. It's all there. So just the easiest way is go to the website, Jim lawyers, plural, gymlawyers.com. Guys, take a look at that. If this is something you want to look into again, downloading your contract off the internet, Matt and I have joked about this before that might've worked maybe back in 2008 and it wasn't a good idea. Even then, if you're doing that right now, you may not be completely covered as much as you could be unless you get it tailored to your specific business. It doesn't take a lawyer very much time to do it. It isn't the most expensive fee you're ever going to pay, and it may really save you down the line. Matt, thanks again for offering your advice. I really appreciate it because this does help gyms stay open. Always a pleasure. That was gym lawyer, Matthew Becker. He's at gymlawyers.com. Make sure you get the S in there, and it is plural. I'm Mike Morgan, and this is Run a Profitable Gym. We are here every week helping you do exactly that, Run a Profitable Gym. If you don't mind, on the way out, hit a like, leave a podcast review, do something, interact with our show. I would really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening or watching. Now, here's Chris Cooper with a final word.
Hey, it's Two Brain founder Chris Cooper with a quick note. We created the Gym Owners United Facebook group to help you run a profitable gym. Thousands of gym owners just like you have already joined. In the group, we share sound advice about the business of fitness every day. I answer questions, I run free webinars, and I give away all kinds of great resources to help you grow your gym. I'd love to have you in that group. It's Gym Owners United on Facebook or go to gymownersunited.com to join. Do it today. 